Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got technology news, including the following. Is Yahoo headed for a breakup, and what could that mean for the internet? We also talk about Facebook going all in on video even more. We also discuss tiny iPhones, open source Swift, and did we call the end of internet fun? We'll discuss all that coming up next on a brand new Don't Panic. Stick around. This is Don't Panic. Episode number 112, recorded December 7th, 2015, on Yahoo's breakup, Facebook's live streams, and the end of fun. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and that's right, you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by the... I forgot to think of one before we went on the air. I'm usually so on the ball about this. This is really embarrassing. Um, yeah. Joined by the... Oh, I, got, I got one, I got one, I got one. All right. Yeah. Colby's been practicing to be for this for, for moments. He knew <laughs> I would fall on my face and he'd save me. Oh, man. Uh, by the slingshot and rooms of technology. Yes! Yes! That's right. Two two gentlemen who will never reach mass adoption. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. Very good. What's going on, guys? How are we doing this week? It's barely uh, started. So far, so good. That's right. You know, that <laughs> is the good or bad thing about doing this on Monday. We got the whole no disaster is so far. That's right. That's yeah. right. All right. How was last week? Oh, last week was terrible. I was sick, and I had, oh. like... Dan, I had like two days of meetings because I had interviews for like. Oh no, Colby! Yeah, are you gonna be was, all right? Is that uh, is it why was, you're sick? Your sore, is your throat sore from talking so much? No, I was sick first, so oh. now I'm. <laughs> I think I'm still sick because of that. Uh, it was rough though. Uh, a couple of them went well, so that was that was nice though because it was like the first interviews I've done that 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 yielded like a, a net positive result oh uh what's your worst uh interview story so far uh not not it's not to say that any of them were particularly bad we just like hadn't extended offers to any of the people i've uh, interviewed yet until until friday so now uh correct me if i'm wrong this is interviewing uh other people to come work for your company yes yeah i hate doing that I, I really I feel so awkward. It is it is like it's a skill that you really have to learn. Yeah, it's very it's it's pretty challenging. I found. Uh, I think it's it's very strange to get a sense for like what you're even supposed to be looking for. Because mm-hmm. like like when I first started, it was like, can you? I don't know. Like I would go leave thinking one one thing, and like we'd go in like so so we do uh, people that come into HubSpot do like three interviews, so they'll they'll meet with three different people, or like sometimes, uh, you know, three meetings with multiple sets of people if there's you're someone's like shadowing or whatever, uh, and then so everyone does their interviews, doesn't talk to each other, goes fills out their feedback forms, and then you have a meeting after, and like talk about it, and I was like. Uh, the first few I did, like, just so confused, like, <laughs> like we'd get to the meeting and be totally off, off, like totally other end of the spectrum from what everyone else was thinking. Uh, and like, 
afterwards it made sense, but it took a long time before, I don't know, before, before I was anywhere, like, not to say that I want, I, I would expect to, to feel the same way as everyone else. Uh, but I feel like I'm starting to get calibrated now for what we're actually looking for. Right. And that's, that's what I found was that disconnect between what they are on paper and what their skills are versus their personality and how they present themselves. Because I've interviewed right. people with awesome resumes who have really shitty personalities. But mm. then I think, well, I'm nervous in interviews. Maybe this guy's just nervous or right. it's how you balance all that aspects to judge a person for a position. Yeah. And we do. So we do like programming on the whiteboard mm. type stuff too. So there's like that whole, uh, added aspect of of nervousness which is quite interesting yes yes i i I have to imagine Um, now how do you feel about the whiteboard coding i think it's okay um so i did like i did one i did an interview like a video one because we were in it was someone who was like a co-op at rit so so you know he was in like the middle of nowhere, New York. So we couldn't like, he couldn't really realistically come into the office. So we did it on Google Hangouts with mm-hmm. like a live collaborative edit code editing site. And the thing actually let you run it too. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, like I enjoyed that one the most, like right. I feel like both of us enjoyed ourselves in that one. Um, and not to say that, that there isn't enjoyment in the other ones, but it's like, I find it way easier to like, write out it type out an example or something of what i'm talking about uh then it then it is to like talk about it or try and write write out what i'm thinking on the whiteboard yep uh, so i don't know we haven't so we do we do tell people that they can bring their laptop and if they bring their laptop we can do the interview on their laptop uh but people rarely bring their laptop mm-hmm. for whatever reason so um, I'm very fortunate. I don't. I don't get interviewed in settings like that where I have to show actual practical skills. Um, <laughs> that would work against me in what? my favor. Um, Maybe, but like, isn't that so? Even even more bizarre. So like, it's just like, what do you get like, hired based on? Just like whether or not you seem cool. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you you just have to hope for the right answers to the right questions, and it's uh, you know, in in marketing, at least in the the few processes I've been through uh, interviewing people, it, you're honestly right. It's it's a lot of you just take their resume on faith, which is as you know, mm-hmm. in writing a resume, it's like you will say anything you need and, and bolster yourself. <laughs> right, and, oh, right. I was in charge of this and I ran that, and you know, it it is really difficult. I will say, I've seen more and more both interviewing and being the interviewee in marketing, at least a lot more, as you said writing samples and you know if you had this position you'd be doing this can you show us an example and and Mm. and being a lot more pushy about which i think is good in getting actual show us examples of what you've done if you can and and send us you know three times you did this um yeah which i think is very important yeah i honestly like in prepping i i barely look at their resumes like i'll look at the places they worked for like talking points Mm -hmm. like to ask what they did there but i go i mean uh, I go straight for the GitHub if yeah. they have a GitHub, but that 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 may be a, a programmer specific uh, aid that is available. Well, do you do you do interviewing at Etsy, Dan? I you was, did at one point, right? Yeah, I was, and then we my team stopped hiring, so I haven't been doing it for mm-hmm. over a year at this point. 
yeah, we didn't. We gave. I think we gave up. At least my team gave up on the whiteboarding stuff. Yeah. We do homework instead. Do you do? Yeah, so we have this this like coding test thing, which is just like whiteboard problems, but you do it, you know, like at home. And I, I don't think that's. I I think I think we could do better than that. Especially for front end stuff, like. Well, I thought that your homework at at Facebook was a good example of mm. of it being done right because it's an actual right. challenging problem that you could talk about. And then I think the powerful thing is when they have the homework, you've looked at it and you've gone over it, and then in the interview you can have a conversation about what they right. did or didn't do and what you might do next, or what if I change the requirement like this, which is way more informative than just like asking someone to regurgitate something from an algorithms textbook right right yeah yeah i agree uh i don't know it's in, it's an evolving process so so one of the interviews we need do now is like uh the person brings a laptop and like they go through like building like a a twitter app quote unquote twitter it's like <laughs> there's a blob of json and you build like a list of tweets out of it mm-hmm. um so that's kind of interesting uh, I think, like, for that, you get more of a, a sense there. Like, you, you get to watch them, like, work through stuff and, like, actually try and figure stuff out. But yeah. I agree. Especially for the front-end stuff, I think our homework questions could be more poignant. I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example of an interview I went on, and then we'll, we'll get on with the actual show. I like, I like having these random discussions at the open, <laughs> but uh, there was this startup company that I was interviewing for this uh, content creation position, position for marketing, um, and they said, you know, give us some examples of some tweets you would write and, and give us a sample blog post you would write. Um, and so I write up this really, I think, pretty good blog post um, and some tweets, and I mail it off to them, and then I'm like, you know, oh, you know, so I happen to be on the website, and so I'm reading through old blog posts. I'd been through a couple to get, you know, a feeling for what they write like. And I get to one, and I kid you not, it was the exact same subject and content as the one I had written. Purely coincidental. <laughs> 100% coincidental. I picked it at random because I knew about it. And so immediately, I get on, I write up a whole other blog post, and I email them. I'm like, I swear, I didn't steal it from your website. Here's another one, just so you know that I didn't make it up, and I didn't, I didn't steal it. And then they ended up, you know, we had another interview. I obviously didn't get the job, but but they said, you know, we didn't think you stole it. We just thought that was a good coincidence, but we're glad you sent a second one. But I just, I panicked. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to think I, like, That's ripped really them off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you never know. It's not fun interviewing for jobs. Yeah. That is no. for sure. But thankfully, Crazy. we're all employed um, here on the Don't Panic Show, right? Uh, the technology podcast uh, that also talks about human resources. Um, <laughs> Thank God we're employed because the Don't Panic Show is certainly not paying the bills. Yeah, yes, that is for sure. We do this as a hobby, I assure yes. you. Um, but if you want to support us, you should go to our website, don'tpanic.io. If you go there, you'll get all our past episodes, audio, video, information, and links to all the pics we have on every episode. You'll also get places to subscribe and all of the social media links, all at don'tpanic.io. And big news this week, because everything else we try fails, we're trying live audio streaming. So right now, thank you to the two live listeners on Mixler.com. You can listen to us Monday nights at 10 p.m. streaming live at... Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com slash don't panic show. Um, and of course, just follow us on Twitter or Facebook uh, because we'll post the link when we go live. And also there's a chat room Mixler and you can hit us up on Twitter while we're live. If you have questions or feedback or anything you want to contribute, we want to hear it. 
Let's jump in some news, gentlemen. We've got a rundown here with a few stories. I thought it was a pretty decent week for this time of year. Um, so why don't we jump in, gentlemen? Is there anything on here in particular that you think would be worth talking about? Uh, I would. I hope there is. Anyway. I was really interested in what we called. I, I'm not aware of any of these things. Let's. Can we start with the call? Oh, it's... this might. <laughs> this might just be my. Uh, I don't know if ego is the right word. Uh, hubris. My hubris. There you go. Um, no. So we talked about on last week's show, and then we talked about it again uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about. Mm-hmm. Remember, we talked about uh, Dropbox's Google Docs ripoff. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, and we said, "Why is yeah. Dropbox getting into this when they should be focusing on making Dropbox better?" And then last week, we talked about—I uh, think it was last week—we or within the last few weeks, we talked about Facebook and some of their past app fit. We talked about Notify, their new app to give you news alerts, and we talked about a lot of things like Slingshot, some of their other failed app attempts, and said again, "Why is Facebook investing in these apps if their failures is this part of their strategy?" But we had back-to-back announcement this week from both companies that there will be no more experimental apps facebook beginning with shutting down its experimental creative labs division you may remember such hits as paper slingshot riffs rooms uh, i actually had forgotten about some of these i had totally forgotten about riffs and rooms uh, i've never even heard of riff what's riff oh wait was that the one where you like post an image and someone would edit it and it would bounce around yeah and then the other person had to post an image of themselves after they've seen your image and that was so recent wasn't it um it dates back to March or uh, April, okay. April of last year, April twenty, okay. or April of this year. Um, rooms is about a year old. Um, yeah, you, I if remember, you remember that. Oh, with the QR codes to join rooms. Oh, that was awful. Yeah. Um, mm. Of course, Slingshot yeah. we've talked about. Paper as well. Probably the only one I would say that's still reasonably used. And maybe I'm making an assumption. I don't know. Anyway, Facebook said they're shutting it down. They say no one was laid off as part of the division shut down. Um, and they did not say what's happening to paper, which apparently was the only app still somewhat supported. We don't know. Um, still, the company says it will continue to allow small teams to work on standalone apps, noting it supports efforts like hyperlapse and layout for Instagram, which were similar type um, ideas. They say Slingshot and Riff will continue to work for those who have already downloaded them. Uh, but they will not be available for additional download in the App Store, removing them from the App Store and Google Play. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. In addition to that, Dropbox, as well, getting hit in the stock market, has decided to shut down their experimental uh, apps, for, if you want to call them that, Carousel and Mailbox. Now, you may remember uh, Mailbox, most specifically, was acquired in 2013 by uh, Dropbox. It was very popular at the time, and they haven't done a it's pretty much as it was. Um, and Carousel, the attempt at their standalone photo management app, both will be shut down. Mailbox in February, Carousel in March. Of course, Carousel, your photos were already stored in Dropbox, so it's not going anywhere. You just won't use the app anymore. Um, and Mailbox, you'll just have to find an alternative. Um, I know we've talked on the show. I, I use Outlook, which I used to use Mailbox. Um, and I ended up switching to Outlook because I thought it was better. Um, but there are other alternatives out there as well. And if you're into photos uh, and you loved Carousel, of course, Google Photos, Apple Photos, and you can still use the Dropbox app for your photos as well. So, guys, what do we think of this? Two companies who tried a lot of stuff um, and now they're closing some of it down. What, what, what does this mean for companies who want to try when, when Twitter wants to come out or, or, or Google or one of these companies wants to come out with an experimental app, should they now hesitate to do it? No, I think it's just good to 
I think doing stuff like this is healthy. Uh, I never got the the perception that any of that stuff was taking off. I thought the the mail app from Dropbox was actually pretty well used. Yeah, or pretty well, well liked. It seemed like the. I mean, the mail. Correct me if I'm wrong. The mail app got pretty popular before they joined Dropbox. Right, and that's why they acquired it. They I mean, it was like, for, I don't have the amount. It was for a healthy chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Well, they got a ton of users, right? Mm-hmm. But it turns out, like, how do you make money off that? Like, charge people, um, I don't know. Like, it's, like, on top of Gmail. So, like, Gmail is already providing the 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 real value. Um, and the Mail app is kind of a convenience on top of that. But it was... Like I remember, like the the male people's like blogs and stuff about uh, how it worked, like before and when it came out, and it was like to do all the scheduling and notifications. They had like a you know infrastructure to do that. It wasn't just like a a client on top of Gmail. They did run their own servers, so they had costs. Absolutely, um, and you know they had costs, and they weren't. Uh, they had no way to like make money off it, so and, you know if, if Dropbox isn't making up that somewhere else, and then... that's where I kind of feel bad for these guys because they really, they really had an innovative product at the time, and and you know we saw Microsoft acquired, and uh, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of it, but the app they acquired that became Outlook for yeah. iOS. I mean, imagine if they had bought Mailbox or or, or a, a different, you know, had Google bought them or a company that actually would have folded them into a, a long term long-term thing and, and that's that's the point i know i'll take away from both of these stories is follow through i think follow through is everything and i, I don't think mm-hmm. I, i'm finding it, it tough saying any of these apps we talked about were particularly bad ideas yeah but you know you saw facebook announce rooms and then what you know you never saw it right. advertised on their website you never saw it integrated with groups or any of their other products yeah you know you're not that's... creating incentive for me to use it Right. It, it always seemed a little weird to me, like, that strategy, because it was like they, they wanted it to be, like, a grassroots thing. But, like, that's, I mean... They have a billion I, I think, users! What? Right, and, like, to, to to get something to be... I mean, you don't really get something to be a grassroots thing, right? I think, like, 90% of success in that way is is luck. And you have this, like, obvious... Like, you can t- ask tons of people to use it. Um, and that's, like, at, like app ads are Facebook's, like, bread and butter. That's, like, a thing that, uh, one, like, people, uh, advertisers like to buy. But it's, like, I don't mind getting app ads on Facebook. They're probably one of the least annoying ads you can get. <laughs> they, like, you know, once in a while, they're actually useful and relevant to my life. Like, I like apps. I have a phone. Um, I don't know, like, why Why aren't you using that? Mm-hmm. Tease it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like, help yourself out. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, about all, most of these apps, not necessarily all of them, most of them, is that they also weren't particularly, I didn't think, very innovative or unique in their own right. I would say, you know, a Slingshot being a, a good example or Carousel being a good example. I mean, these apps didn't do anything above and beyond what well-known competitor apps already did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't see what the value there for consumers were to adopt them. If if Slingshot had come in and say, all your Facebook friends are already on there and, you know, they advertise the hell of it on their website, maybe it would have taken off, you know? Yeah. It, that's what kind of weirds me out 
Dropbox is a little different, but when you talk about Facebook's kind of what their creative labs, um, does it make sense to develop potentially large projects in a separate group or at least have a plan to integrate those unique projects into the larger whole and utilize the whole company? Because if they never leave that small group, then you're not utilizing the resources of the rest of the company. And, 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 and you know, that might have been what did them in. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Uh, I, I hope that people, I hope that, I hope that companies, uh, continue to do things like this because I think they're fun and interesting. Uh, but like I said, be, be merciless about killing them off. Don't, don't, I, I think yeah. people will look back at and are already looking back at the stuff Google did with Google reader mm-hmm. and a cup notebook and a couple of those other things are like, yeah, those were, those are maybe even good products that, some you know maybe by some standards a lot of people use but they're not growth areas they're not going to drive anything forward right uh whereas like i think i said this on the last show like the facebook's efforts in some more pure research stuff Mm -hmm. be it sociological or technological i think are going to pay uh the dollar you spend there is a, a a better dollar spent than on notify i think right yeah, and I and it, it was telling to me that they said no one was being laid off at Facebook, which tells me there's plenty of demand for talent within the company that Yeah. Oh yeah. That and that's what's different between that and Dropbox, which Dropbox does not strike me as a company that has that, and especially because they bought Mailbox and spent a lot of money on that. And that's what I think a lot of these young right. companies really have to keep in mind is not that Dropbox is young anymore, but you know, Twitter or some of these companies that are in, in this you know, you look at companies like Groupon and Zynga that went through these big acquisition phases, and now they're paying for it when those apps are faltering or they don't gain traction or they fold. Um, and I, yeah. I think Facebook is smart to say, well, spend a couple pennies. What do we say? They spent something like 20% of their revenue on R&D. I mean, if they want to spend a few pennies on these apps and maybe they hit one out of the park, great, good for them. Um, I think they got to be careful, though, when they're looking at buying and, and, and whatever the flavor of the week is, dropping $100 million on it. And then in a year, have it be shut down. They haven't really done that, though. Dropbox uh, hasn't, no. They've been good. Oh, no. Facebook oh, hasn't no, you're, either. You're yeah. absolutely right. Or at least at least not particularly publicly that I can recall. Um, but then again, how many companies... A fair. I, 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 they bought Beluga a long time ago. I don't know if you remember Beluga. It was a group messaging app. Uh, what was that, that uh, like blogging platform or something? Posterous or yeah. something. They bought yep. that and that got uh, shut down. They bought Drop.io. I think that that might have been before we were even even caring. But I remember <laughs> I like was on the the team of the guy who was the Drop.io founder. Uh, yeah, I think Beluga was the basis for Messenger, the like the original Messenger app. Yeah, uh, that's that's what Beluga turned into, and that's the way you want to do it, right? Is if you're going to fold a company, at least make it, yeah, you know, right, fold it into your product and actually use what you bought. Yeah, it's like the high profile, um, the high profile acquisitions, like like WhatsApp versus Beluga. Like you acquire Beluga for their thing. Mm-hmm. Like we want to build a messaging app, um you know where these people already have a messaging app so let's let's get them in here yep. and help us help us you know jumpstart this mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, I feel like HubSpot has done that a couple of times too. Like we've acquired, like acquired, like really small, relatively small companies to do like with a purpose. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, we need the, we think this thing is what we need. Uh, we've never done that before. And there are this startup, you know, around the corner is like doing this, this thing. So maybe that's, that's a good fit. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all strategy. If you're strategic right. about it, you'll be fine. I don't know if Dropbox was being strategic with uh, Mailbox, mm. um, or, or whatever strategy they were thinking of. Clearly, well, I thought they thought they were going to. I think they thought they were going to become a office productivity company in addition to the uh, their storage solution, which I I don't think you could fault them for that. No. That seems a reasonable play. No, although it does interest me because I would say one of their biggest competitors, Box, I would say is stronger in that market currently than they are. Yeah. And then you look yep. at Carousel, which I would say is the opposite of that strategy. That's a very yeah. personal user strategy. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I drop this is going to be interesting. I will say purely anecdotally, uh, every company I've answer. worked at in the last three years has switched from box to Dropbox. Oh, I hate, I hate box. Oh yeah, it's I terrible. Box. No, it's not good at all. But to be honest, I, I never <laughs> even got it working at either place. I, I tried a couple of times. I don't love really. Dropbox. They all switched. Yeah. Huh. I I tolerate Dropbox. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say I love it. It's fine. It, 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 it does. It does exactly what right. it what I need it to do, and I rare. I like. It's not something I need very often, mm-hmm. frankly. So, like it 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 seems to be reliable. In that it is always syncing those few things that I need to be synced. Mm-hmm. Now, on for both companies, I'm guessing. Fa- uh, never mind. For for I know that Facebook didn't use Google, but uh, did does uh, HubSpot use Gmail and Google Apps? Yeah, but not Google Drive. No. See, that seems weird to me because that was always going to be my thing. If you're if you're going to use Google Apps, then you're like. Just from gravity, you're going to use uh, Google Drive for it's just yeah. simpler from an IT perspective. Right, use one yeah. product to manage everything. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I never thought of that. I mean, we are we already have like um, it's called like Okta or something. It's like a service that it that's what they do. It's like uh, for managing your logins across various like SaaS products. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's single sign on. So it's like. That's why we use Okta to lock into Google. We use Okta to lock into Dropbox and like Workday and all these other, you know, random, random apps that that the company uses to do stuff. Um, so, like, I guess, like, maybe it's not that much, but you'd think there'd be like we. That's also people weird, definitely you can use, use uh, Box for stuff. You can use Google to log into all those things, also. Sure. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I feel like Okta may give you better like administrative things from an enterprise. Yeah. Also, their website is terrible. Okta, <laughs> Okta oh, website. Sure, sure. Oh my god. I mean, their product is not good. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is technically functional. Technically functional. Does, that is the new not, tagline for the show. It does not bring me joy. Some things <laughs> like like Pinboard, my pick from last week. Pinboard is technically is like joyfully functional, uh, but terribly ugly. Mm. Uh, Octa is like a weird middle ground where it, it sort of it mostly works and it's not exactly ugly, uh, but 
and that's yeah. to be honest that's that is one of the things i do like at working at a giant multinational global company is that we don't get to use any of the startup y type products like our single sign on is like whatever microsoft's big giant corporate single sign on product is and it's not great but you know what it works every time yeah because right. it's tested and it has been around forever and yeah. everyone uses it now do you use sharepoint for file sharing or do you use something else we're working on it but okay. but but yes we we sharepoint is one of the products we use yeah and also box no uh i it's very there are also a lot of pains to working in a giant multinational global company some of which are conflicting products that only work in certain regions and that mm. aren't fully implemented and you can only do certain things on certain products but yes <laughs> i do use box for some things sharepoint for others ecm for others support mm. central for others it can be a bit of a pain Jeez. but it keeps me employed so sounds crazy so someone's got to organize all this tech right um all right yeah. let's continue on to another story gentlemen here in the rundown we can talk Yahoo, Facebook Video, Swift, tiny iPhones, YouTube going mainstream. What's jumping out? We can keep the Facebook times rolling. We certainly can. Um, let me ask you, gentlemen, because we had a very, I thought, great discussion a couple months ago. Meerkat, Periscope, and the the dawn of live streaming from your phone. My question to you guys is, when was the last time you watched a Periscope or a Meerkat stream? I've never watched either of those things. I watched them when they were becoming popular just to see what it was like for maybe a minute. Ever tops. And then I always turn it off. I haven't watched one in months. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if the company Facebook can do anything about that. Um, They've done live video streaming and small tests. Now they're starting to roll it out to everyone inside of the official Facebook app. Starting with a small test today... Facebook users will be able to use a redesigned status menu to select live video. And over time, they hope to bring it to, they plan to bring it to all users. Um, It will display the number of live viewers, uh, the names of friends who are watching, and real-time comments as they're written. Um, Those videos will be saved to your timeline automatically and then be deleted um, if you dare say so. Uh, I'm going to look and see if I have it uh, up and running. Um, yeah, I don't think I do. I mean, it's a small test, so I would say the right. odds are, let's see, more. Uh, the odds aren't in our favor. <laughs> Although Facebook has so many goddamn menus. And they're, they're they do have a lot of all menus. over the map. And I, um... what's, the, what's the logo look like? Oh, this is so different. I haven't posted anything on Facebook <laughs> in ages. You haven't been on Facebook in a long time. Add a link. What? Let's see more. Yeah, I saw that. I hadn't seen that before either. When's the last time Colby posted something? Look on at Facebook? us, we're so hip and cool with the, the young kids on the Facebook. <laughs> now I feel like I posted some pictures a while ago, but on October second you shared a, a John Oliver video. Yeah, but that's different though. You don't actually that's you not a have to be on Facebook. That was a one click thing. Yeah, but that's just like a I shared it by clicking the share button. But I mean like actually went into the thing, into the composer, and it posted a post. Nice. Um, uh, so I thought that this was going. I thought I assumed when I read the headline that Facebook live streaming was going to be uh, business live streaming. So a media platform, uh, oh, like for brands to connect with consumers. No, like well, you <clears throat> could watch the uh, I don't know whatever the Oscars on Facebook. And you could have like the live chat 
and a video stream and and well, you can share moments from it. They should do that. If if you yeah. think about it, if you think about it though, like uh, rolling it out this way to individual people is probably a more practical way to like get your feet wet with that sort of thing than trying to to uh, all at once, you know, host a gajillion live viewers on one feet. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. And also, it I and I'm not a programmer, as I often disclaim on the show. Um, <laughs> I have to imagine it is a lot more complicated to create the the more. Uh, technically complicated back-end tools for someone like an Oscars where they're managing a lot a lot more content and, and viewers and talking and, as you said, clipping moments and posting them and doing all these. There are more features I think someone like that would require than just grabbing a phone and hitting live and just going. Um, so I think yeah. that's, a, that's a good point, Colby. I think that is a good test. And it would n- no way surprise me if they went there. I hope that they are. But I'm not excited about this at all, but I'm excited no. about that a lot. I'm excited about this for Don't Panic because I think Don't Panic could do well uh, streaming on Facebook. Sure, I bet I'm Dan's gonna... mom would watch us on Facebook if nothing else. But, <laughs> you know, like, that's like we, you know, at the point we are right now, I feel like we would get leverage from our, our immediate social graph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, and and we don't really get and you know like if it was if it was immediately available like autoplay video style in your feed it starts the live stream yeah yeah like boom Colby Dan and Sean in your face you didn't ask for it but you got it bam <laughs> yeah no that'd be I I yeah and and again what is Facebook's number <laughs> one goal get eyes on their website and keep them there and what better way to do it. Than a, than, a, yeah. than, a, than a professional live stream, not just your friend's phone from a concert for 30 seconds. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, although I will say, have you guys ever watched a YouTube live event, like a big one? Like a newscast? Uh, or, a, uh, or a, Yeah, a, I've watched like presidential addresses on YouTube I will before. say the, oh, the yeah. chat on those things are so useless. Oh, yeah. Well, they should just turn that off. Well, no, but I think this is where Facebook's advantage comes in. Again, leveraging your social graph. Where it's friends Sever. and friends of friends, Mm-mm. not public. Sean Jennings. And I, the master I, I think I... Dude, they're going to hire you. Dude. Watch out. But bam, that's sweet, that's sweet Facebook money. Aquahire. Zuck, I'm coming for you. Um, I'm very cheap, I assure you. Um, <laughs> Don't tell him that, oh, Sean. You... Damn, I'm very expensive. I'm sorry. I meant expensive. <clears throat> My bad. Um, yeah, so I, I, think, I think it'll be interesting. I just... I feel like the idea... A photo or a recorded video, I think, just has much more universal appeal than live, because I feel like live only works in a more limited number of situations with a more limited group. Um, And I would use Periscope and Meerkat more if it were people who aren't my... I think think the live is more of a Twitter thing than it is a Facebook thing. By that, I mean, I don't know if I want to watch my friends live, but I do want to watch celebrities and the news and journalists and and events live you know what i mean like no offense to you guys but if you're just walking the streets and you flip on and you're broadcasting live i'm probably not gonna watch it but i'll watch the oscars right sure am i am i wrong in that theory you're gonna watch the oscars on your phone in portrait no no yes yes i think they should do the whole oscars vertically just strap an iphone to a tripod And just do oh a whole my Oscars on Facebook. Also, yeah, also remember, there's no way to do a professional Periscope or Meerkat, so it would be an iPhone. Yep. <clears throat> I think that'd be amazing. Mm. 
sounds great. I would be, although could you, although actually I think it would be kind of cool. Could you imagine an iPhone strapped to the microphone on stage that you could get to flip when someone's talking, it looks up at them. And then when they're not talking, it flips to look at the crowd. And that's just your whole view of the Oscars. I'd watch that. I'm just saying I'd watch that. That'd be cool. I would, I would, again, I would watch it for like a minute. Oh, well, <laughs> then you'd get bored with it. And if that's the point, then that's great. I've wondered if that's the point of some of these things. I think it, uh, I think it is. I really do. I think it's short little little bursts of things. I can't imagine streaming for any. There's a um uh, a good user of Periscope is uh, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Is he does live streams with fans and he's actually really funny in them and he answers questions people post and like the crazy ones. That's the kind of stuff I want to I, I want to see. Um, I don't know if just having my friends post live stuff to Facebook. Oh my God! Can you imagine how clogged your feed is going to get? We just like look at my dog catch a catch a frisbee uh, at first, and then it's going to drop no right off. It. Just like yeah, yeah. And then I think that would be okay. There, as long as I can get real stuff on it. I am so glad I don't work at Facebook because to come <laughs> up with new things to do with Facebook that people will actually get excited about and use broadly. Yeah, I'm glad that's not my job. <laughs> and if that is your job, I genuinely wish you the best of luck. Hopefully you won't need too much of it. Um, we've got time for another story before we go to picks. So what in here has your attention? Hmm. Yahoo, Swift, Tiny iPhones, YouTube. Uh, I don't... So what what is going on? What is the deal with Yahoo? I haven't been paying attention so, to this. So <laughs> it's kind of a stock story, but I think it's interesting just because it's Yahoo and they always have something interesting going on. So brief backstory, Yahoo owns a sizable stake in Alibaba, the incredibly valuable Chinese e-commerce site. It's something uh, I know it's written here. I think it's like 14%. That number comes to mind, but they owe a percentage that's very valuable, billions, worth billions. And Yahoo stock, which hasn't done particularly well, um, stockholders are wondering why they're not seeing the value of that stock. So originally they were going mm. to spin it off into a separate company. That company solely existed to own those Alibaba shares. That's the only <sighs> reason the companies would get would get dividends on it when Alibaba and you know would go up in value with the Alibaba. It's a holding company. The U.S. government said, "Well, hang on, you got to pay taxes on that." Yahoo said, "No, we don't." They got into a protracted battle. Now Yahoo has to decide what they're going to do. Investors are not happy. So they're contemplating four potential options. Okay, stay with me here. One, don't change anything about Yahoo. Leave it exactly as it is today. Yahoo owns the Alibaba stock and stays the same. Option two, spin off the Alibaba shares as originally planned into a new company. Option, I'll jump to option four, which is, uh, well, no, option three which is very interesting, and this is what people are pitching surprisingly, is what if Yahoo sold everything except the Alibaba shares? They spun off their internet business, like Yahoo.com, and sold that, mm -hmm. or sold it to Verizon or somebody, or spun it off, and kept what, believe it or not, the shareholders think is the most valuable part of the company, those Alibaba shares. <laughs> or option four, they sell both Yahoo and the Alibaba shares and just take the cash and go home. Huh. It's an interesting story because it comes down to the question of what is Yahoo worth, if anything, and to whom? Go to yahoo.com right to, now. If it's still there. Um, it's, it's the most popular there. search engine in Japan. That is true. 
That is very true. That's and that's a lot. Like if any other company were the most popular search engine in Japan, Google would have acquired them a long time ago. Um, that is true. Although doesn't they keep switching? But Bing or Google powers their search, don't they? Yahoo doesn't do their own search anymore, or is that only in the U.S.? Oh, oh I don't know. Yeah, they signed a deal. I assume that it's everywhere. Um, if it's global, then I think Google now powers their search, or is it Bing? No. It yes, it is. You can you can look it up. I swear. Um, really? Really? I thought for sure it was Bing. It was Bing for a long time, but I think they just that deal just ended. Wow! And, and Google picked it up. That would be like IBM making apps for the iPad. Well, they do now. They made that deal a couple of years ago, if you remember correctly. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's exactly it, though. But I mean, they, you know, <laughs> I, you see, um, uh, Microsoft's making apps for the iPhone. So, you know, cats and dogs can live together. But, um. Yeah, in October 2015. How did we not talk about it? I think we did. Yeah. Or if Yahoo's we didn't, I know I read it. Reach an agreement with Google to provide services to them through the end of 2018, including advertising search and image search. Yep. So Yahoo isn't even a search engine anymore. It's really a, a media platform, a conglomeration of things. Hang on. And in April 2015, the Microsoft partnership is modified, allowing Bing results to only be the majority of desktop traffic. Uh, so it's both but, now. Oh, that's not confusing at all. <laughs> God, this company is insane. Um, you know, and you also have to remember Yahoo owning Flickr, owning Tumblr, um, and of course their own services as well. Um, a lot of rumors going around as to who might purchase them should they decide to sell. Um, you may remember AOL getting purchased by Verizon. I would say AOL being a similar company um, in terms of what they do um, for a couple billion. Um, the one other thing I'll point out before I ask you guys for your thoughts is today analysts estimate Yahoo's internet business is worth somewhere between three and five billion dollars. You may remember a few years ago when Microsoft tried to buy Yahoo for forty-four billion dollars. Oh. You think about that. Uh oh. And Yahoo somebody made the wrong decision. Yeah, well, and somebody <laughs> made the right decision, right? For not doing yeah. It. Um, guys, what, what, what do we what do we think of this? I mean. It, is Yahoo worth anything? And and if so, I mean, who's interested? Should they sell? I know we're not really a business show. <laughs> I I mean I I don't think that they should sell, and I don't think that anyone should buy. Uh, like, is, should should anyone buy AOL? No, but that's still mm -hmm. a business. It right. can be profitable. I just don't think it's a it's a growing. It's a growing business anymore, and I think that anything that to to the article's point, anything that Yahoo did that was something new would really be better off as a separate company, anyways. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think you're right. To me, Yahoo is like a shotgun marriage, where it's just like a a a forced partnership with all of these separate businesses that don't make any sense as a whole. I would love to see Yahoo just blown up. I'd like to see Tumblr as a <laughs> company and, and Flickr yeah. and you know, oh yeah, and, and, and I totally forgot all you those. Know, I mean, I guess Flickr I remembered, but I Tumblr, they Tumblr too. I mean, you know, spin off all the media side with the video and news and all of that, and then you've got yep. Messenger and Mail, and you've got. I mean, they've got a lot of different services. Mail uh, still has a lot of users. Um, you know, obviously it's not Gmail big, but it, it is popular. I don't know why they don't. If I'm a Yahoo shareholder, I'm saying 
sell these things, let me take my money and go home because I'm not getting the value out of it today at the price the stock is at. You know, yeah. go to um, uh, 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 Google and say, hey, Google Photos better, buy Flickr, you know, or I know it's not that easy, but, you, you know, <laughs> you're, you, you find companies to take these things off your hands. Um, I guarantee you a Twitter or a Facebook would buy Tumblr if the price was right. Um, especially Twitter for wanting to get into longer form content as they've, yeah. as they've clearly expressed. So I, I don't know. Uh, that that would be my my theory if I were a Yahoo stockholder is I, I this company doesn't make any sense to me it just doesn't and I don't see an exit strategy I don't see where the long term profitability comes from the reason AOL went for four billion dollars to Verizon was several reasons but one key reason their ad network very valuable to Verizon Yahoo as we talked about doesn't have an ad network they use somebody else's you see I don't know where the value is coming from at Yahoo so yeah. Right. They got to do something, and I, I don't think just spinning off these Alibaba shares is, is enough. Um, and, and I would be surprised if 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 Yahoo sticks with that. And I'd be surprised if Marissa Mayer is still in charge in in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like spinning off the Alibaba shares is like uh, maybe a way to. I mean, it seems super bizarre to just have it be a holding company for that, and like. I'm sure crazy stuff like that goes on in business all the time, Absolutely. but like, why bother? And so, like, if you're gonna sell them, you get a bunch of cash. Like, what do they do? Maybe like they buy. Like, are they gonna acquire hire someone I mean, with the cash? Like, I don't think that could. You know, they haven't had very much success. Well, that's with what it is. Why keep buying things if you can't handle what you've already bought? Right. Right. And, and I would say, <laughs> to be honest, I would guess the reason they're doing the holding company issue is that every person who owns Yahoo stock is going to get a piece of stock in Alibaba. And it and mm. Yahoo gets to tell shareholders, listen, the Alibaba stock is going to make you money. Yahoo may not make you money, but at least we're going to buy us some time by letting right. Alibaba make you some money. And just please be patient with us. That's really all they're doing. Um, but... Can they really afford any more time? When was the last time we talked about Yahoo as a successful, profitable company? Right. You know? Public companies just blow my mind. It's so, it's, it's so weird. And, and, and there's a reason why company. I mean, you look at Uber, who just raised another billion and a half dollars and, and instead of going public, because it just doesn't make sense at this point. It's yeah, well, I mean, it's worth. at some point, they're going to have right. to go public, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... I, uh, I don't know if that makes any more sense than going public. Like it's it's effectively the same thing. I mean, it's not like you're not beholden to thousands of people, but you're beholden to a bunch of people. It's less public. There's less public pressure just from the media right. and from PR and that kind of thing. Right. Um, um, and when you have to financially uh, report things, is really where things get crazy because then you get down to specific divisions and specific you know, uh, uh, management salaries and. Right. It's not good. Imagine if we had to disclose all our financials with this show, you know? When they find out how much I make over the two of you, oh, man. we're going to have some revolt. I, I bet. I don't even know. Um, it's, like, it's like our balance sheet is like the 30 cents that we pay that I pay uh, AWS every month and like the 50 bucks that don'tpanic.io don't costs once a year. Yeah. I like it. I like those our numbers. balance sheet's very reasonable. Although my time Actually, is under, under, yeah, I pay for the BPS and Colby's paying for all that stuff. So you really are making more money than we are. Uh, I can, well, I Sean, can get into Sean, the I pay for, Dan. Sean, Sean finances all the the uh, 
don't panic promotional events. I do. The, the equipment, Mixler, we just bought a subscription to for at least one month if we keep using it. <laughs> you know, the internet, they have all these free services, but they're not. Yeah, really that's free. how they get you. That is how they get you. Um, but you know what? We do it for our two live listeners and our five recorded listeners. So thank you to everybody uh, for, for joining us. Uh, that's it. We're out of time for news another quality discussion here on the show next up picks we do these every week where each of us pick uh a minimum of one thing that we we like or we want or we're interested in or something that came up this week that we want to share with the world i'm going to jump in and go first a little self-promotion because i think we've mentioned it briefly on the show before but i've never seen star wars before i know i'll give you a minute to let that process most people feel uncomfortable with that fact. So I decided to fix that problem and watch Star Wars. So this past weekend, I watched A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. I live-tweeted the whole thing. Go to at Sean Jennings on Twitter. You can go back and look at hashtag Star Wars First Watch and get all the tweets. This week, during the week, probably tomorrow night, Return of the Jedi, and then this coming weekend, the prequels, which you're not going to want to miss me live-tweeting because I have a feeling it's going to be hilarious. But... <laughs> um. My yes. my pick this week is the Star Wars Complete Saga Blu-ray set. Look at this; it comes in this mm. nice, this nice, um, this nice box, and you get all of the uh, our video viewers will see this. You get all the discs of all the movies oh, and the bonus features. I hate discs. Um, now, some of you <laughs> may be asking, me. but Sean, for the exact same price, you can go and buy all of the uh, digital versions through Amazon or iTunes or one of these other services. It's literally the exact same price. If you have a Blu-ray player, let me tell you, buy the Blu-ray set. Here is why. I cannot tell you a movie I have seen in my life that is as beautifully remastered and um, audio and video than these movies. George Lucas spent a crap ton of money. These are the 97 special release editions, which I'll tell you why that's a problem in a second. But Sunshot first, that's why. Among other things. But some of that money he didn't spend on CGI Job of the Hut. He did spend on beautiful remasters on the Blu-ray. And you got to remember the problem with streaming. If you don't have a great connection, there is some loss of quality. If you're a big fan of beautiful cinematography, I recommend getting the Blu-ray set. Um, it's definitely worth it. It's available on Amazon. The link is on our website. Now, so uh, yes. I do have a quick question. Mm-hmm. If I, Were I to buy, like the hd version on itunes that is that technically the same right or are they is blu-ray different from anything you would get streamed you get bonus features that's really your big oh but Uh... no no no. i'm interested in the the uh you know the property itself the i believe that blu-rays are still higher quality but it depends how you're watching them Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, I yeah, that's a good question. I think the iTunes ones are are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think they're compressed though. Yeah, I can't. I can't vouch. Yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, I guess okay, they probably go. consider they're compressing. There's an Ars Technica article on iTunes versus Blu-ray. Inquiring nice. minds want to know. Send it my way. Um, done and done. And I, and I will. The other thing I will quickly mention too: this is the complete set with all six movies, but you can go on Amazon and get the individual movies in the nice steel box cases. 
And if you buy all six, it's the same price total. I prefer to have them as one set, but you can buy all six separately if you like the, the steel cases, which are beautiful. Um, so that's my pick. The link is on the website. And uh, very quickly, my review on Star Wars, I gave New Hope an 8.5 out of 10 and Empire Strikes Back an 8 out of 10. But if you want the full review, listen to uh, GoldilocksShow.com. Um, uh, we're going to do it. I don't know the date yet, but an upcoming episode, Matt and I are going to discuss um, you liked New Hope better than Empire Strikes Back? Very narrowly. I didn't know this. Very narrowly, but uh, I did. Yes. Um, hmm. And oh my god, I, the CGI was so bad. Uh, <laughs> it really, it I need, really did ruin the yeah. movie. I was really upset. Yeah. yeah. I need to re-watch. Like, I haven't watched the original trilogy in, in years. Like, probably since high school. It's been a long time. Uh, I wonder, do you think... Um, Again, when the remaster came out, like, 97, I was, what, six years old? <laughs> so, uh, like, I'm pretty sure I got it, like, for Christmas that year or yep. something. That was, like, about when I started getting into Star Wars. Um, so do you think that the CGI was that bad at the time when you were watching it on, like, a 640 by 480, like, crappy TV? Or has it just... And it's just aged it- poorly with... The reason I say it's bad, is I accept that it's late 90s CGI, which just in general isn't great. <laughs> the problem I have is where it's like five minutes of like awesome 70s sci-fi and everyone's in the costumes with the guns and then like a CGI lizard is in the background for no reason. <laughs> like it just it's, it's your bra- My brain just stops working because it just takes you out of the moment. So, because I love that 70s sci-fi Planet of the Apes type look to movies. Yeah. I love it. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, all these unnecessary extra CGI creatures in the background. And you're like, it, it's, that is what bothered me more than just that it was not good CGI. Because it was mediocre CGI. It was 90 CGI, but it just didn't make any sense. So, but I did laugh about it. And I did live tweet it. So check out at Sean Jennings um, coming up uh, this week where we're doing the prequels this weekend. It'll be fun. Gentlemen, let's get to you guys. We'll start with uh, alphabetical order by last name. Dan Miller. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to do the screen sharing thing. Oh, boy. Here we go. It's happening. All right. So my pick this week is this game called Hearthstone, uh, which I think Colby has now played. It's a free card game. It's put out by Blizzard. The same people made World of Warcraft and Starcraft and all those things. Uh, it's super fun. The matches, like, the game is very simple. You can collect cards, and you can buy booster packs, or you can just play a lot of games and get gold and buy them. Or you can do these adventures that get you special cards or, like, challenges. Uh, it, one fun thing is that it's, it's like, it's most fun to play online. I'm not playing online right now. Uh, and the reason it's fun online is because the ranking, the rank matcher thing is really good. It... It gives it gives me like like on a, any day if I play like five to ten matches I'll win somewhere between forty to sixty percent of them, uh, which is great. Like it makes me feel like like I'm having fun. Whereas in other games you go online you lose a hundred percent of your matches for like two months <laughs> and then yeah. maybe you start to not suck. Uh, uh, but the other thing is the matches are timed, so you only have a certain amount of time for each move so you're not like you're sitting there waiting for uh someone to uh make a move for like five minutes the the matches end after uh, i would say under 10 minutes every time usually much less where is the timer 
Uh, it's not. This is single player, so there's no timer. Uh, uh, but uh, there is no timer normally. But then there's a fuse that will appear across the screen, and once it reaches the end of the screen, uh, um, you forfeited your turn. Yeah. So people tend to 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 move quickly. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't notice that. Uh, so did you I'll play offline? I played like one game, which I won, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, but then I decided to quit while I was ahead. <laughs> um, no, but I really liked it, and I liked it. Um, you know, it reminds me a lot of the Magic the Gathering app mm-hmm. uh, for like iOS, but it is just way better than the Magic Magic the Gathering app. Yeah, it's so well put together. Yeah, it's and I mean to be expected, right? Like this is making like complicated games is. Blizzard makes complicated games, and this is a relatively simple game. Oh, very uh, simple, yeah. With, with really, like, wonderful details. Um, there's not, like, interface-wise, too, it's, like, really not unpleasant. I feel like most games, you know, kind of get a bad rap for their, their general UI, but this, this game is all UI, really. Yeah. There's no, like, in-game... Yeah. I, like, or, like, the, the in-game is relatively similar to the menus and stuff, so... Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty. Yeah, good. you just drag yeah. things here. How, how easy is it to pick up for somebody who doesn't know it's, anything? It's really it's really easy. It's much it's much uh, it's also uh, simpler than Magic is, mm-hmm. and like they really they really ease you into it. In a yeah, so like here I'm gonna play a spell. I just click the spell, drag it towards the thing I want to put it on, and it it just happens. It it. Yeah. Now, if you played the, because I'm looking at it on iPad. Yeah, on iPad it's so much fun. It's good. It's good. It's yeah, it's the exact same thing. There's no downgrading mm-hmm. at all. Nice. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that it works on your phone, on your iPad, on your desktop, and it's the exact same thing everywhere. No features cut. Uh, and at the touch, the touch interface works like it was really built for touch. Like it feels a little bit weird to play it on a computer because you're just dragging things everywhere. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. You've con- ah, you yeah. sold me. Oh yeah. So uh, if you want to add me on the thing, my up. Oh, I just quit out of it by accident. That's okay. Uh, what is my name? My name D Miller. My 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 gamer tag is D Miller or whatever they call it. And my the email address I used was Dan at dmiller.io. Oh look at you and your schmancy. Uh... Yeah. 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 So hit me up on battle.net. I'll, I'll try. Sean. You should hit me up too. We can all be friends. I think I was. I think I used this this email address that I put in the Slack. Oh. Yeah, Colby's not dumb enough to announce an email address. <laughs> yeah, not, not oh, yeah Dan, you're gonna get floods of emails from our many fans. Once once the spam bots start like transcoding audio, you're screwed. Be all you are in tough shape, my friend. Cool. All right. We'll check it out. Hearthstone available on multiple platforms, but the link is on our website, don'tpanic.io, along with this episode. Yep. Android, iPad, iPhone, Mac, PC. You name it, it's there. Um, awesome. All right, Colby, what do you got for us this week? Uh, so my pick this week is a podcast. Never uh, heard of it. <laughs> a podcast? Yes, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh. I yeah, see I'm what sorry, you did Kevin. there. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Real funny stuff. Okay, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah so it's called song exploder um and it's it's a pretty short podcast i feel like a lot of the podcasts i listen to are like an hour long uh this one is usually like 15 or 20 minutes it's it's not a lengthy one yeah it's like looks like the most recent episode was like exactly 15 minutes 
Um, but what they do is they have they have an artist come on the show and uh, take one of their songs and like break it down like track by track and like they talk about like how they came up with like different parts of it and like what was going on in their lives while they were coming up from uh, coming up with it and it's it's mind blowing. So so I, I um, like I. F- I heard first heard of it on Reply All, which is one of the, one of another podcast that I listened to. Um, but they did sort of like a podcast crossover where they they did a song exploder for their theme song, mm-hmm. and their theme song was like, you know, I listened to it dozens of times before, like at at the beginning of every episode, never thought anything of it. But like the person who wrote it, like broke it down on this podcast, and it, it's like so intricate and i have like this huge appreciation now every time i hear their theme song uh so it's very cool they get like they have like real artists too like like the most recent one was like wilco i don't know like they're a thing people listen to um i don't know it's not like beyonce but but like you know like well-known artists go on and it's like very interesting it seems like it comes out once every week or once every two weeks it's not like super frequent uh but i i really enjoy it's a nice uh a nice yeah it looks like bi-weekly uh just judging by their feed but it's a really nice um you know way to break things up it's it's fun to listen to um you like might find some new music in it and it's it's a very different perspective on like uh produced music that you you might not have if you know, you're not involved with that or have taken the time to learn about how, like what actually goes into it. So it's very cool. Colby. I just appreciate how many podcasts you listen to. Oh my God. Yeah. My pot, my bandwidth for, for podcasts is, is very high. And, and frankly, I have room for more. Like I could listen to more podcasts, but I can't find podcasts that I want to listen to fast. Well, there you go. If you have a podcast Mm -hmm. recommendation, hit them up on Twitter at Colby Repidu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. That is one of the things I am most looking forward to moving is that hopefully my new job will have a commute where I can start mm. listening to pod- I'm the only guy on earth who wants a longer commute. <laughs> who wants a commute? I walked to work today and it took me under two minutes. And Sean, you walked to work. I'm so proud no, of you. No, you know what it was? This is the epitome of my laziness. My car was iced over this morning and I was so <laughs> lazy that I refused to just turn the car on, so I walked. <laughs> it, I, I've reached a whole other level. Amazing. I don't. I. I think. I don't know. I hope it's it's a very bad winter, so you walk to work all the time. Oh, that's. I think sweet. It, you should be walking. I can't believe you're, nice. you don't walk to work. Um, it makes me. No, I, I should do it during the summer. That's the problem. Not when it's thirty degrees out. That, right. That's my bad. That's on me. Um, <laughs> But I'll use those two minutes to catch up on my podcasts. Um, very cool. Well, <coughs> excuse me. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who listened live on Mixler for our first live broadcast. Especially, I'm going to give a shout out to Brian Wood. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for Brian Wood. Hey, Brian. He is the only signed in user because I, I in the the Mixler program, <laughs> if you're signed into Mixler, I can see your name. Um, and he's listened for like 45 minutes. Whoa. Oh, he said, "Great show as always." Thanks, guys. Thank you, Brian, for listening. I don't think we know Brian Wood. He's a, he's a, he's a new fan. Uh, we know him now. We know him now. Come back next week, Brian. 10 p.m. Uh, Monday n- nights. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Monday nights 
on Mixler. We'll keep doing the live audio. If people keep listening, this is fantastic. He's a stranger, usually a downloader. Well, this is fantastic, Brian. Thank you for thank uh-huh. you for being a fan. Um, this is this is fantastic. You're no longer a stranger, Brian. You're our number two fan behind Dan's mom. Um, <laughs> and who knows? Maybe you'll even pass her. Who knows? Sky's the limit. Um, and thanks to everyone else who listens, of course, and downloads and streams. The website, don'tpanic.io. Uh, check it out. Um, all the episodes are there, all the links, all the everything. And, of course, that Don't Panic Show on Twitter. Gentlemen, anything else before we wrap? No. Uh, no. I think soon. So uh, I've been – for, like, four months now, I've been I've been working on a – oh, my God. I opened the Mixler tab, and I just started hearing, hearing myself. Bad idea. Oh, all right. So for four four months now, I've been working on an app on the side, and I'm getting ready to just like let people use it. Not that I'm expecting anyone That's to a use it. Tease. Don't get me wrong, but I love yeah, it. the thing this so the thing that I'm really concerned about is like if people use it, it's going to cost me money. Uh, like, and again, I'm not expecting people to use it, so it shouldn't cost me money. But if like by some happenstance, someone does decide to use it. Uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I haven't decided. Um, <laughs> I haven't decided how, how to play that. Like, I don't know if I should have like a pull in a Marco Armin and have like a, I don't know. Like, do you Please like this? Donate. Yes. Um, that doesn't seem like a surefire way to do it. But at the same time, I don't think the service I'm providing is particularly pay worthy maybe that's that's a problem in my thinking maybe uh i'm not giving it enough credit well i Um, I will say my favorite model that i've really fallen in love with in terms of paying creators although i know uh, unless you you can correct me if you're wrong you're not are you're not planning on releasing it as an ios app right it's web only at the moment well so so that's the other thing i'm gonna figure out because i love Uh, the in-app purchase as a donation model because mm. that's really easy. Um, I know Apple right. takes a, a cut, but um, but I find that easier than PayPal or. And then you still get the app for free, but then you have the anyway. Yeah, is it, it like it's one of those things that I don't. Uh, maybe maybe I should like I need to sit down and like spitball some like numbers to see like. I don't know, like. If something happened, what how you know what would happen. Uh, but I'll have to figure that out. But that's so. So the other thing I'm doing is looking at, like you said, it's like a web app right now. So I am like considering uh, playing around with like Cordova or PhoneGap or whatever, which are the things that let you like basically wrap a web app in a a mobile mm. app. Because uh, I don't know, like I think it works fine on my phone. Like I use it as like the bookmarks thing, the full screen yeah. bookmark on on iPhone. I, and I think it's nice enough. Like I can't do notifications, but uh, it's not not the worst thing ever. Uh, not but, the worst thing ever. Trademark. Right I mean, I go. I personally, you know, we talked about this last week. Like I don't need notifications. <laughs> I don't I don't have time for that well, anymore. Well, to be honest, and based have, on what your app job. is, I don't even know. I guess a new addition, but that would pretty much be it. Right. Yeah. Like it might be useful to know. You know, for yeah, well, no, we yes. we can't, uh-huh. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, 
details yeah. to come later. Stay, stay tuned. You never know what Colby's cooking up. And I will briefly, because I almost yeah. forgot, Goldilocko.com, these guys did Dungeons & Dragons along with me and Matt last True, week. Yeah. And we did a lot of paperwork about leveling up, which was fun. Um, <laughs> we're going to have the next episode this week um, where we debate the merits of paying somebody with the plan to then go back and kill them and take our money back. So, um, <laughs> as Colby would say, uh, it's not gay if it's imaginary. So, um, hashtag buttshot. Tune in. Goldilockshow.com. We're, we're running late, so we gotta, we got to shut this down. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, don't panic.io. We'll see you next Monday night for more tech news here on Don't Panic.